Welcome to RFI. What's Michael say? I don't know, dude. The prisoners are running the fucking show now. We can do whatever we want. Yeah. We can make this the Vincette Italian Power yeah, Hour yeah, if we everybody. want. Hey, we got a special guest on with us. <laughs> Vincent Rossetti, everybody. <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> Where's up? your wife beater at, Vince? And your plate of lasagna. We're missing it. <laughs> That 3D printer set to spaghetti infill or what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like that really racist, like Italian guy with like the sausage maker machine from like back in the 20s. He's got the little monkey that jumps around. Except it's yeah, yeah. me with my 3D printer and it's like it's Gizmo jumping around. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh man. So how's everybody doing? Where's uh where's everybody stand on some hobby progress, Vince? Vince, this is this is Vince's first episode, everybody, and uh we're we're glad to have him on board. I'm I'm happy to be here. Um so hobby progress wise, I I've been working on my marine stuff for Wargamer Camp. So I've been working on that Flames of War stuff. I'm pretty pumped about that. I've got a couple of my marine uh platoons painted up but mostly i've been focusing on my thousand sons for aj's 74th deuces gone wild event that's happening in june where's that at canada <laughs> yeah it's in victoria canada because he called me out and then i was like fuck it i got nothing else to do might as well go there and i've come seeing you guys two two times now and i went up to the <laughs> 3d printer course so well, that's because you like us more and uh, everyone now knows that. So, <laughs> well, AJ was like, "Come on up," and I was like, "Fuck it, we'll do it." And then Kurt's going too, and so is Jay. So it's a it's a doubles event, and me and Kurt are on the same team. So we're bringing some. I think of a few <laughs> legislative reasons those two would go up there as well, but that's not the point. <laughs> Goddamn kids and their jazz cigarettes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but other than that, that's, that's about it. Just some Thousand Suns Tactical Marines and my Siren Dreadnought and a Primus Medicaid and a Praetor. About it. What about you? Hey, maybe since this is your first episode, you could tell us a little bit about like your history in wargaming and stuff and how you came to be where you are today and all that good shit. All right, so I was back in like 2001. My cousin was playing with this, like these little models on his floor, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And he's like, "Oh, this is like Warhammer." And I was like, "Oh, cool. How do you do? How do you play this game?" And he showed me. And then uh, that was like right around between like the end of fourth edition and then like the beginning of fifth edition. 
And then me and him started building up some armies. He he built up a Black Templar army. He was really big in the Black Templar. And then I started out with the Dark Angels, and I've been rocking it ever since. But every Saturday, we'd go to this really shitty mall in Burlington County where, like, half the stores were closed and, like, half the mall didn't even turn on its lights. It was, like, that shitty of a mall. And there was, like, this hobby store in there. So, like, every Saturday, we would go there and we'd play. And I've been doing it basically ever since then. Nice. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Ryan, what what you been up to? Oh man, putting the finishing touches on the old battle barn. I'm trying to get internet out there today, but before today, I put some more shelves out there. Um, I've been building more terrain uh, for the club and for Adepticon. I don't really need. We kind of went over it last week, I think, but I don't really need it for Adepticon. But if I can get it done, it'd be handy because it's just. There are tables I would like to not take uh, just because of size constraints and weight. And if I can get these done, I can basically just replace those and have less to to take just because they're on mats and I've designed the train to be um, more friendly on the old back when you carry it around. It'll fit the totes better and all that. Uh, we also need more tables for Chris Duncan's uh, 40K tournament thing because uh he's got like 50 people coming supposedly Fuck. so I don't, I don't know how he's gonna fit a gt of 25 tables in there that's gonna be ins- that, that that's literally gonna be insane like that place that your battle barn is big but like to have 25 tables 50 well people. the other hat when we did the heresy event the one side had 12 tables in it so all we got to do is do the other side a mirror of it. Really? Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, there was six rows of two. That's twelve tables. You know how much of a Cheeto and Mountain Dew beating your sewer system is going to get that fucking weekend, man? Jesus. Yeah. So. You're gonna yep. have, you're gonna have the whole fucking competitive forty k crowd in your battle barn. Are you, are you secretly gonna play bombs under it and just do some fucking well insane braveheart shit? I get to uh, try out the trap doors that lead to the grinder pit that just shoot you down the hill the, for the first time on in May on May fourth. No, I'm just playing. Uh, no, I don't care, man. That's what it was built for. If people want to play forty k or. War Machine or Flames of War or any other game. I don't really but give a crap. Their body's good, man. I yeah. Mean, got I got them. three colors on my Eldar, bro. They're game legal. They're game legal, bro. Yep. yep. <laughs> See, that's not it's not my problem. I mean, it, all I, I provided an awesome venue with great Philly painted terrain. And if, you know, they want to bring some plastic guys that have been spray painted and dry brushed and call it good, that's that's on them. Fucking right on, bro. <laughs> yeah. Shine on. Nah, but uh, it should be all right. Uh, I get to hang out with Chris all day that day, and the the a lot of the guys that play 40k are coming to the event. You know, I'm buddies with or whatever. Just because I don't play 40k doesn't mean I don't get along with people that do. Obviously, it's all right. I'm making I'm practically making fun of myself because I I enjoy playing 40k. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah, that's kind of the. 
that's kind of the plan is to uh, get those tables done for that. I think I'm working on two new ones. They should be done for Adepticon. I was working on that a little bit today, and then I got sidetracked running internet out to the barn. So I've been having to install a wireless bridge, so I had to run a cable from the closet where my internet box is at through a bulkhead in my basement which wasn't super fun. So basically what I had to do was unhook an already existing uh, internet cable that was running through there and then like tape the new cable to it and a rope to that, all all of it together, and then pull it back through, like pull it away to pull the new cable back with it. And then when I got the cable on the other side, I undid it but left the rope and then pulled back on the rope to pull the other cable back to where it was supposed to be. And then I had to drill a hole through this wall to my right here in this closet out to the garage. And then once I was out in the garage, I had to drill a hole in the garage wall outside through brick and shit. So I had to go buy masonry bits and all that bullshit. So when Scott was messaging me going, are you ready, bro? Are you ready, bro? I'm in a fucking ladder hanging off a gutter about ready to tip over. Cause the ground's fucking soggy and shit hanging by one arm with a hammer drill, trying to drill through fucking masonry. My fucking, pipe cleaner Kermit the frog arm with a hammer drill going trying to get fucking through the... <laughs> my phone's ringing and shit I'm like no man I'm not ready give me 10 minutes Jesus Christ so uh, I got all the hard part done I did so the the side of the bridge um, that goes to the house is installed I just need to put the other side on the barn side and then hook it up and then see if it works or not hopefully it does baller man wi-fi extenders are not they're usually not that hard yeah like just like what you said most of the time the hardest part is what you had to do but like you could go to a home depot and get like a hundred hundred foot plumbing wire and that that usually solves that shit what well a plumber tape plumber wire basically oh fish tape yeah like you just fucking hook onto it and then you just siphon it through and said you just use the rope Right. So, yeah, all the cables are ran. On the barn side, it'll be easy because the barn's just one big room. Obviously, you've been there. So I just need to drill through the exterior wall, and I'm literally just going to stick a shelf right on the other side. So I'm basically just doing like a pass-through hole, and the Ethernet cable only needs to be about two feet long. And I'll just put a shelf on the inside with the router uh, sitting on it, and then the bridge will be screwed to the outside, and there'll just be a wire just running right through the wall there. So, when you guys are talking about technology, you could literally say anything to me about it, and I would believe you and be like, "Yes, that's <laughs> right. That's that's what I would do too, dude." Like, I, I don't know what any of that stuff means. Well, you see, to get the the wireless internet bridge over there, we need the Bifrost sword. Yeah, and we need to. Of <laughs> see, you see, Scott, the internet—it's a series of tubes. Okay, it's oh. just a series. <laughs> but uh yeah so i built this one uh ruins board and i almost got it done i had i went to three hobby stores yesterday just to try to find a plastic card so that was an adventure and then i've been trying to source all my stuff for the matt kane painting class unfortunately he put some like mega european shit on there has anybody ever noticed like their hobby supplies are just available in fucking Europe. I just imagine that they go to like their version of a Walgreens 
and they have like a scale 75 paint rack there. This is far they more understand. socially acceptable there. This yeah, is yeah. Well, they just don't get it when they're like, you know, like Vallejo has like 9,000 paint lines. There's like game color, uh, model color, model color, or a fucking mecha color, game air, model air, like all this model air, game <laughs> air plus whatever mega p i don't know what whatever the fuck they got so they're always like you need this one fucking color from this line that was made like four years ago like i'm like man i can't find that this is the united states we don't don't have any of that shit we got games workshop paint that's the only fucking paint you can find in most stores that's about it um unless you're unless you are in the fayetteville area and you go to old greg's hobby town because I swear that's the guy I, that that's the only hobby shop I've been to. Even though Hobby Town is a chain of fucking hobby stores, Old Greg in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Yep. He's got he's got like a giant ass P3 track. He's got he didn't have scale seventy five, but he basically had all of the Vallejo and Tampa yeah. So that's it. That's why I had to do Hobby Towns. We have two Hobby Towns here. One all the way up on think on eighty sixth Street, and then one over in Greenwood. And uh, they both have a lot of Vallejo stuff. So I had to go there for the Vallejo. The big problem is the Scale 75 shit. No one carries that here. That's like some super European shit, fellas. Like, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's based, I think it's based in Spain. Because every time I order from there, it, like I get a package from Spain. Yeah, Vallejo? it's from Spain. Yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. Scale 75. I think Vallejo might be too. So anyway, I got to order all this Scale 75 paint. And it's a real pain in the dick hole because... I bought some before and used it and didn't like it and like gave it away and now I have to reorder it and it's fucking hard to find. <laughs> Matt Kane's like, I'll show you, Ryan Kimmel, thinking you're gonna give up on this paint. No. What, yeah. what didn't you like about the scale seventy five paints? It's so fucking thin. It's like trying to paint with like barely tinted water. I was like putting fucking paint on a model. I'm like, this does nothing for me. I gotta put like thirteen fucking layers to make this thing red. This I'm like, nah. I'll just, yeah, I'll just use some fucking Vallejo or whatever. It works way better. I don't but, think my paint's down a whole lot either, man. And I always wonder, it's like, am I doing this wrong? Because I hear that a lot everywhere. But my shit looks all right. And, you know, I don't know, man. I don't have to paint with fucking, like, the consistency of contact fluid or something like that. Yeah, it's like... I don't know. But so I use I use scale seventy five paints and I like them because of like the, the range and colors they got, especially like their metallic range. But Ryan's right, like they're on the thin side, but it's weird because they're not like a watery thin. They're like fucking snot thin, if that makes well, sense. Well yeah, that's my problem is I tried to paint and it looked like shit. It just looked like it's paint with water with chunks floating in it. And it's and running it dry. all over the place. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm like, how can this be so thin? And then I get done, and the model looks like it was like I've slopped it on with a house brush. It just looks like pure dog shit. Wow. Yeah, I was just like, all set with this stuff. That was just me, though. Maybe, maybe Matt will show us how to use it properly. I don't know. I got to buy like two hundred dollars worth that shit, though. So he better, better show me figure out how to do it, or else he'll yell at you violently for yeah. fucking it up. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but, uh, I think I think John Stanford almost like he he almost beat me up because of, like the Matt we were having a discussion about the Matt Cain class and like he just came in just like 
a fucking freight train and he was all boozed up on that raspberry vodka. (laughs) 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 And like all I all I simply was stating was like I'm I'm like I don't have the drive in me to be that level of a good painter. Like I'm I'm comfortable with the skills that I have and like if I need to learn, I'll go on YouTube and stuff like that. And I understand that there's people out there that want to be on that level. So they'll pay the money to, to be at that level. But I was just sitting there. I was like, with me and my comfortability of like, I'm just okay with it. I was like, I don't see the, I don't see the value for a guy like me spending the money on the course and then spending all the money on the, on the paint. And then John just came out of nowhere. It's not, it's just not for you. It's like me going and buying snap on tools. Like I don't fucking work on, I don't work on a car every day for eight to 10 hours a day where I need the best, most comfortable ergonomic fucking tool. Like I can go down and buy the bargain bin China shit and use it the one time and throw it away. Cause I doubt I'll ever fucking need it again, you know, yeah, or whatever. Like, yeah, man. Or like me going to the dentist, like no one else does it here. Why the fuck should I ask? <laughs> but like, it wasn't, it wasn't like I was knocking the people that are going to this course, or the type of people that are going to this course. I was just saying it wasn't for me. Right. And then John just came over out of nowhere and he was like, <laughs> Well, you pay for my cake. <laughs> and you'll be. I'm like, Whoa, John, calm down, bud. Like, <laughs> did he have on, like, he, he, was y'all fucking liquored up? And it's no, it wasn't great, that like, bad. Vince is exaggerating. Like I was sitting right on, there. He had on, like, Ric Flair's robe with the feathers that go around the neck and no pants or something. He looked like that Ultimate Warrior video that I sent you the other night, Scott. Hell yeah. (laughs) Did you watch that? Did you watch the 55-second mark? Yeah, of course. (laughs) They gave that man something that was meant to be taken by animals. That's all I'm saying. Like, fuck. I don't think that that man ever just walked like whenever his theme song played, he, I don't think he ever just walked to the ring. Like he would just book it 95 miles per hour, like high on cocaine, probably <laughs> a little bit of meth and just like dart out of that fucking stage. onto the Dude, ring. That was the most 1980s human being that's <laughs> ever fucking lived. I'm sending this to Vince, this video I sent Scott. It's the most insane thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my good lord. Let's see. 55 second mark is the best part. 55 seconds. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, anyway, that whole video is worth a watch. But, uh, yeah, so that's pretty much my hobby progress. Just like doing finishing touches on the barn, trying to get shit straight, trying to get internet out there. Once internet's out there, I got some shelves to hang. Um, once that's done, I need to hang a TV, big flat screen TV out there, and get a camera set up uh, for painting classes. And then I got one more hole to drill in the wall. You guys saw where I had my airbrush hood, like yep. with the hole through the wall. I need to put a second one right next to it. I got everything to do it. I just haven't done it yet i haven't done it because my fucking friend chris Mosier has the stupid adapter to my other airbrush hood so even if it was hooked up it wouldn't do me any good that's what you I get for loaning shit out to people you never get a return cool of him yeah 
It's only been like four weeks there, Chris. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> yeah. So you you had a fancy like airbrush hood. It looks like you probably bought that from Hobby Town or Amazon. I made mine out of a Tupperware and a bathroom fan. Yep. And then, Yours looks like that if anyone saw it from street level, they would immediately assume you're making drugs at your Oh, home. yeah, that definitely looks like a meth lab. <laughs> like, there's, there's no way fans left that. Um, so, yeah, that's me. What have you been working on, Scott? Man, I've been painting fucking Warhammer Fantasy, all right? I am on the fucking ghouls and wizards train <laughs> much to bits of chagrin, but, uh, dude. I've been chewing through that, so I'm I'm doing this 1250 point escalation league thing, and uh, I I've got like the bulk of my army painted. I always save my characters for last, whatever like point level I'm painting, because I actually enjoy painting characters. It's really hard to enjoy painting a block of 30 fucking spearmen, so that's like the work I do, and then the payoff is getting to you know stretch my stretch my limbs a little bit and paint paint some uh, heroes and all that good shit. Um, so I'm doing that and getting ready for that. In May, a buddy of mine named Wesley is hosting, uh, it's on May 4th, he's hosting the meetup of our Kentucky 30K group. And I'm going to be going to that as well. He's help, hosting that uh, somewhere down near Russellville, Kentucky. That's about three hours south of Louisville, if you know where Louisville, Kentucky is. It's right on the Ohio River. So, the idea is he's going to host like some centurion style tables as well and regular list you know you can bring both essentially you'll you'll have the option to bring either a centurion or list or a uh, frontline list we're kind of uh gonna do sort of the similar thing you're doing at uh depthcon ryan with 1500 point centurion list a 3000 point frontline list and then if you guys want to play 2v2 uh bring a 2000 point list and there'll be 4,000 points aside. Um, it's, uh, he's going to have, he has like a cabin that he's hosting it at. It's really nice. I've been out there a whole lot and, um, he's hosting, I think they're, they're going to cook for it as well. Like his wife's going to cater the meal. She's done some catering in the past and food's going to be like seven to eight bucks a plate. And it's going to come with a meat, two sides and a dessert. Uh, you can either eat that or there is some food eh, within about a 15 minute drive. So if it's not if it's something you don't want, you know, you don't have to eat it that there. You can make that drive. This is a very informal thing. Typically, when we do meetups, you know, you don't have to play any set number of games. There's no like real pairings. Just it's just a way for all of us who play the game in the area to get together and kind of hang out with each other play games and see what everybody's been working on that so if that sounds like fun to you and you want to be able to make the drive and come and play uh go join the kentucky 30k group we'll send a invite we'll add you to it and then the event info that i've just read to you is posted on facebook page so i'll be going i'm going to take iron hands i'll probably take like three thousand points worth or something and uh try my luck see how things go that was my very first army so i always enjoy getting to play it and stuff i painted some predators you know within the last year or so for it so i could play armor breaker kind of an iron hands fitting sort of thing but i'm going to play that um if anybody wants to come and try out the new experimental rules you know we'll be using all of that anything 
like I said, it's super informal. Anything you want to do, we can generally facilitate it. So, um, show up, play, and uh, should be a good time. But um, <clears throat> other than that, yeah, I'm working on Warhammer Fantasy, and I bought a house. Well, I'm in the process of buying a house, and I'm getting rid of some old shit and going through the fucking heartache of trying to close on this bitch and get all my stuff packed up and moving. So, fortunately, I have a hobby that has a lot of very fragile and expensive items attached to it. So, I have my goddamn hands getting shit to my new place. <laughs> but, um, that's, that's, uh... A bridge did you costs. when you bought your house did you make sure you still had a lead ceiling so when you tried to record the podcast it made it as much of a pain in the ass as possible yes as much as possible absolutely yeah, yeah. fortunately this house was built in 1976 so the odd the odds of having like very hazardous chemicals and like elements built into the house that can interrupt my internet service and kill me eventually are pretty high yeah. That's good. That's good. But um, yeah, doing that, and uh, that's about it for me. I know I I went to your I didn't get to get on last episode, but um, I went to your three D printing class and had a really good time and uh, got to learn a lot about the the any cubic photon like I wanted to. Recently, John was able to sit down with me Saturday night and kind of go over the software with me, some of the considerations he puts in when he uh actually maps out a model he puts his support stuff and i've been messing with that software quite a bit and uh going really well and then i saw the fucking death core of creed napoleonic dude you printed out and yeah that's like almost exactly the kind of stuff i'm going you know 28 mil characters right now i'm thinking fantasy but we obviously play a lot of 28 mil games i could I could design up like my own Shadrach Medusa or something from Iron Hands, something like that. Or, you know, Biotech Mechs, obviously. Really hot. Um, looking into getting one of those once I get moved. Like, when you're in the process of closing a house, you can't, like, make any off the books expensive purchases. So that pretty much rules that out until I'm closed and any cocaine I was going to buy in the interim. But, um that's me man that's all i got uh i know this i saw the fucking hate kickstarter shit you got in and i really regret (laughs) (laughs) i tried to tell everyone (laughs) it goes on a very large pile of life regrets for me but uh that was that's a hell of uh like i love the artwork of Adrian Smith. Like he did all the Chaos Warrior stuff and you can see the influence if you look at like the fantasy cap not the new Age of Sigmar, like He Man ones. I'm talking like the eighth edition and seventh edition whenever the you know when they updated the the Warriors of Chaos from like the hunchback of Notre Dame and armor look to what they are now. He, all that artwork was based off his shit, and it, you can really draw a lot of comparisons between the hate miniatures and how uh, how some of the better Chaos Warrior stuff was looking you know, when it came out. Well, I just sent you an eBay link to literally everything. Cool. Well, 
So just that. keep in mind that to buy everything on the Kickstarter, literally everything, it was three hundred and twenty or three hundred and thirty-five dollars. I just found an eBay auction that's at three eleven with a day left for literally everything. Okay. So. Hey, not bad. Right. Well, you know. Oh, my realtor's not gonna like this, but I'm gonna give it a shot. Um, <laughs> just I have a buddy that out there who got in on it as well, and he um he's doing this fantasy escalation league with me uh too, and he's he's uh gonna use hate models as some of his chaos marauders, and I think they're very very fitting. Like they look exactly like you know the artwork seems like they would have a certainly have a good place there you could use the big dudes as ogres very easily as well adrian smith pretty much designed the aesthetic for uh the ogre kingdom's army and fantasy very fitting stuff there hey you gotta take advantage of who's around you i mean yeah you got that awesome 30k group now you got people in the fantasy I don't think anyone here in Fort Lauderdale has ever mentioned anything about fantasy. Um, yeah, or- it's a really strange thing. Like, we were talking about um, Fayetteville, North Carolina, and I, I was stationed there for a long time, and a big thing in that community is Flames of War. Like, they had a very consistent Flames of War group that met every Saturday at this game store called The Hobbit. That Some, some people go there to game, and then they... Everyone kind of knows that game store because they sell laminated copies of all the training areas on Bragg. So <laughs> you can go there and buy your maps. And that way, that when it starts fucking raining, inevitably, while you're doing land nav, your map doesn't disintegrate. Then you get lost <laughs> and die in the woods. So, but, uh, and then, you know, you move somewhere else and it's like completely dead. Like here, uh, about an hour from here in Lexington, Kentucky, there's a big bolt action. Like a lot of people, you know, 20 or so people play bolt action. And I'm just lucky. I know, you know, 15 or 20 people that that enjoy playing fantasy. And I knew all my old friends back in the day played it. So I was like, you know, man, this is something I really enjoyed. And I would like to get back into it. And you, I got it. I got pretty much, thankfully, with the help of some people who had secondhand shit and things they didn't want, I got all my stuff pretty cheap to, uh, get the ball rolling but um if anybody's interested in getting in on that uh that little escalation campaign thing we're doing it's a wizards warhammer fantasy page just type that into your facebook search bar and send us a send us like a request you want to join or or you don't really have to want to participate in the campaign you know or if you just want to post some hobby progress or something this whole idea got started in my head by fucking Tim Corbulo for, you know, I, like I said, I have about, I don't know, it's got to be up to at least five figures now of hobby purchases that could directly be linked to his fucking influence. So, <laughs> um, he's like, the, I, I started listening to the Eye of Horse and that's why I got into, um, got into playing, 30k originally and that's why i started playing fantasy again was their podcast the electric a lot of a lot of fun so uh yeah man that's uh I, hopefully i'll be going on their podcast sometime soon to talk some shit and uh holler at those dudes eta and all those guys and talk about some of the stuff i've been working on a little more in depth but 
So what else is new? What's what's coming down the pipe at DEFCON in what? Week and a half. Yeah. I leave on Wednesday. Vincent's uh, buddy Chase is coming to stay with me Tuesday night, and then we're going to convoy up there. Chase yeah. to you? No way. Yep. yep. He's going to supposedly be here Tuesday night, and he's going to sleep here, and then Wednesday we're going to load up the the Adepta van and then uh, convoy up. Chris Duncan's going to, think, ride shotgun with me, and then Chase and his brother-in-law are going to r- drive up separate in whatever vehicle they have. And we're going to convoy up. And then we're me, Chase, and his brother-in-law are sharing a room. Me, me and Chase used to play at the fucking Hobby Chest in Jacksonville, North Carolina. It was, it was, we used to have great times there playing 30K. He's a good dude. Yep. I've only met him online or whatever. I've never met him face-to-face, so. Hopefully he won't try to eat me or anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he will. Well, does he, when he messages you, does he put a lot of unnecessary emojis in his text? <laughs> no. Yeah, nope, dude, that, tell this story. Does not. This story <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> How accurate is the photo that I've assigned to your dog sitter? <laughs> that was so funny. Because if you send it just to Scott, and then Scott just showed Scott showed me, and then it was hilarious. Well, I would have sent it to both of you, but you had went to sleep. Because what happened was, I went to go lay down. Because we were you told me that story, and then I told you guys goodnight. And then, you you know, Scott was to sleep on the couch, and you went to sleep in the room upstairs. And I went upstairs, and I used the restroom. I got back, and I laid down in bed, and I was checking my messages. And I, I don't know where that fucking picture popped up somewhere. And I thought, oh, this is Vincent's dog sitter. So <laughs> I didn't want to send it and wake you up. And I looked and it said that you weren't, you know, available or whatever. But Scott was still up. So I sent it to him. <laughs> Dude, tell that story so people have some context for all this shit. So every time I, I, I live by myself and I have a dog. His name's Gizmo. And he's a he's a large dog. He's a like about a 60-pound German Shepherd Weimaraner mix. And so I have this this dog sitter that I use the Rover app because app the, the Rover app is basically like an app which you use to like if you need a dog sitter or you need somebody to walk your dog, you just go on this app and people are like, here, I'm like $15 an hour or I'm like 30 bucks a day. So I find this guy named Mike. I'm like, all right, cool. You know, normal dude name, Mike, no big deal. So I, I book him once, and I've, I've used him like five times now, but every single time I use him, I get like three million text messages like, hey, when are you bringing the dog over? Wink face emoji. Hey, here's a picture of Gizmo. Wink face emoji. Hey. <laughs> This is Gizmo running around in the dirt. Wing face emoji. And he's just constantly full of all these emojis for normal adult responsibility questions. <laughs> I don't know how to react to it. So I just let it slide like I ignore it, basically. But it it just happens. Yeah, but me and Scott, we read the... You showed us the messages, or you read them to us. He totally wants to fuck you, which is fine. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's 2019, so... so you know, if you're into like, you know, younger in in shape Marines, I mean, yeah, I get it. Yeah, totally get you're it. You're a real fucking catch there, bitch. Yeah, there you go. You two sailors do your thing. 
Well, you no, know, but no judgment funny. here. It's funny because like the the way the dude texted everything, like I didn't I didn't think he, he would like I, I I would think like he'd have this like unique look about him, but the dude is jacked. Like of course he oh, is. Of course he is. That community has I'm, very like, not, like, <laughs> high standards, bro. <laughs> I'm not inflating like this dude is like just straight up Jack, like Jack Diesel. But uh Yeah, you've been sending him some emojis back. Yeah, man. sounds like yeah, it. Sounds, sounds like, like he's been admiring him. Maybe you should send him some winky faces, Vince. Yeah, winky winky face. <laughs> you know what we should do? I should get the dog sitter and fucking John from Boys of the Golden Throne. And they could like work out together. Oh boy. <laughs> yes. Oh jeez. Oh Lord. Well anyway, it was when when Vince was reading us these messages, like literally like reading them out loud and then reading the emojis or when he got to the emojis, and me and Scott were in tears. We were laughing so hard. <laughs> so silly. But uh I think I have them. I didn't think I deleted them either. Or maybe I did. No, no, no. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so, what's up? What else do you guys want to talk about? What do we want to talk about? What is the number one thing you're looking forward to most about Adepticon? Me? Yeah. You're the only one going. Oh, this I is going to sound terrible. Go, but getting through... Fast. My obligations of running this event, so I don't have to take my terrain anywhere anymore again. <laughs> you did build an entire building just so you didn't have to do that anymore. Yeah, you so. you bitches have to come to me. You want to play on it? Come here. It's permanently set up. It's on fucking display. You know, like it's not a traveling show anymore. You're going to go see uh, Freddy in Sweden here pretty soon, right? That's in late May, the last week of May. What uh, what format are they using for their uh... Centurion? So it's nice that I don't have to fly with a huge army. I'm gonna fit it all in that pack. Go right there. So, uh, I still got to paint most of that army, or well, like a third of that army. I got ten assault marines, four javelins, and five jet bikes to paint. Those those look badass. Those fucking black shit look badass. Oh, thanks, man. What I mean, are... I have enough to play. Even if I don't get those things painted, it'd just be a terrible army. I like the backstory too. That was that the fluff you came up with was pretty fucking cool. Here, I wrote this whole story. I, I don't think you've seen that. It might be on here. Uh, but um, yeah, I'm pumped about going to Sweden. Is Freddie going to take you out and show you a good time? Um, I don't know. Maybe. You're going there for vacation, though, like you and your wife are going, right? Yeah, I'm only going to be at the actual event for two days, and then all the other time that we're there will be, um, you know, normal vacation shit or whatever. There's the pictures of the pyramid that when we crossed over Greenland, the Greenland pyramids that Tim and Michael flipped down about. <laughs> uh here we go. Fucking cryptids. Um you know, I, like, I would like to hear Tim's thoughts on the Jersey Devil. Because I lived I lived in the New Jersey Pinelands 
Yep. I know he's like really big into like cryptids like that and shit. So I'd like to hear his thoughts on that. <laughs> I'm sure we could get him on to talk about it. Yeah. But the other thing I'm excited about Adepticon is new dust shit. They always have new dust 1947 stuff. So I'm hoping they have Merrick there for my desert scorpions. I just need that one model to finish my desert scorpion army. And yeah. I'm hoping they have some Marine war dog squads. I need one Marine war dog squad to finish my Marine army. And then I, cause I found, I I got one the other day after Vince left. Vince didn't get to play with the dogs, but I got one the other day right after he left. Um, well, after after Scott bailed on us, hey he man, introduced me to a, a new to, to playing a game of Dust. Oh, man, was that a fun fucking game! And then you gave me a big boner when you showed me that that Sherman, that yeah. that, that, that Sherman that's coming out, and that LVT. I was like, oh, this is fucking cool. Yeah, I told you, man, that this is supposed to be the year of tanks. He's supposed to be releasing a whole bunch more tanks for the game, like actual just tanks with some, you know future guns on them or whatever but uh yeah so that's I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the dust booth for all the new dust stuff and hopefully picking up those two units i need to finish off my armies because that's all i'm trying yeah i need a, a marine war dog squad and merrick and all my current armies will be done for dust and i might start a japanese navy I kind of like the Japanese a lot. I was showing Vince like the big samurai guy and the ninjas and shit like that. So, so what'd you think of dust? Cause you got to play it for the first time. It was very, it's, it is very interesting. It's, it's pretty awesome that you don't like do the normal, like D six dice. Like the dice that come with the game is what you use to play with. Like the faction dice and everything's based upon like those dice. So right. it's like, it takes, okay, to hit me, it takes this many faction dice and this and this and this. And it's it, it like all alternate, all, alternating actions. I like that a lot because it was, it, it makes you be more tactical in a sense in which you have to figure out like, oh, fuck, if I activate this unit now, then he might activate that unit and then I'll be fucked later on in the turn. So, and then you have like different units that could like activate another unit. So, like, if you fuck up by activating it too soon, it, but bottom line is, it's like it was real easy to play, it was real easy to learn, and it was super fun. And me and you, like, had a, like, that was like a grudge fucking match that we had. It was like, yeah, I think I had, uh, cause we just played. Till one one guy was tabled, basically. That's all we did. And um I think at the I ended up beating you, but I think at the end of the game I had I had four models in that one squad, the character and three squad mates left, yep. and the Baron, which was out of his crash plane with one wound left. Yeah. So I had five models left, and my character was down to one wound as well. So I had five models all basically sitting on one wound when I killed your last mortar team or whatever. Yep. You're playing the germans yep he's playing the germans i was playing with the marines and i had this i had this one assault squad with a flamer in him and that dude was going around flaming every single one of ryan's units and he was just going like the squad was being dwindled every single turn but this one dude with a flamethrower 
was not dying. Like he was just going from unit. <laughs> and then like a couple other dudes would die in the squad. And then the one little flamer dude would be like, fuck this boys. We're going in. We're moving closer. And then he would just go in and just, I think at one point right before he died, he took out your mortar team and your gun truck that you had. The RSO, the, the, the flak RSO. Yeah. Cause that, that was the time that you moved and I have advanced reactifier and I just needed to roll out on two dice. So I needed a cross arrow or a faction to come up on either of the two die. And it's, those that that's basically like rolling a three plus on a die because there's there's two shields, two cross arrows, and two factions on each die. So each symbol's a third. So each die had a two third chance, and I was rolling two dice. So I basically just needed to roll a three plus on either die of two die, and I didn't. It's basically like rolling double ones or a one and a two. Yeah. So Scott, when I when I was like doing this, it was just like one little flamethrower dude because everybody else had died at this point. I was like, well, fuck it. He's going to die anyway. And then Ryan was like, Vince, you're new to this game. I'm telling you right now, I got advanced reactifier. Like, and advanced reactifier is basically like Overwatch. Like, if I move within 12 inches of him, he could just activate that unit and shoot at me if he wanted to, which he was going to because it's a flamethrower and flamethrowers are just dirt nasty in this game. Yep. So it was like, I had one dude left in the squad and I was like, fuck it, risk it for the biscuit. And I moved up, and then he rolled like basically the double one, double shields, fire, yeah. and then I just went. <laughs> 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 well, yeah. like we were talking about, it was worth it either way because even if I'd have got it, it would have wasted that unit's activation on killing a single model as opposed to shooting at something else. Yeah, but the dude would have died, and in this case, it worked out for me because you just basically I, I i lucked out on that one that's all i yeah. have i got lucky well the other thing that was annoying was that unit with frank in it the guy with the 1919 carrying it around <laughs> he just would not die i kept shooting that guy and shooting that guy and vince just kept making all of the saves it was so fucking annoying oh and then there was like the, the marines had this other character his name's lieutenant diver and so that squad was going around murking people because like you can do three actions with that squad so, like, you could basically march, which is, like, basically, like, run 20 inches and then fire because this guy. And so, like, he was going around and I was just shooting everybody with this guy. And, like, he was, like, Ryan had his normal 30K night there. So, like, those guys were finished up their game and they were coming over and everybody was, like, oh, Lieutenant Diver, like, holy Diver, like, running. Dio. And I'm like, thinking, like, no, I'm stinky diver from Kablam, and nobody knew what I was talking about. Oh, dude, Kurt did. did, did Scott, do you know about? Stinky yeah, diver? yeah. Yes, there we go. That's what I'm talking Holy about. GI Joe guy. <laughs> yeah. He would hang out in the toilet all day. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, it's, I'm glad you like Dust. Um, if you lived closer, we'd definitely play a lot more. I mean, because uh, Chris Duncan has a big SSU army. Our buddy Rick has an SSU army. Jacob has a decent-sized allies army. Um, I have Germans and allies, or, ac- uh, sorry, I get what are they? They're Axis, Axis and allies. Um, I think, 
Alex is starting an Axis army. I think that's it right now. So, yeah. but I mean, with still a decent amount of people. It's it's crazy. Like your guys' area in the United States is just like this like tabletop gaming mecca. Like nobody down here has ever heard of Dust. Like they get can, it started. It's cheap to fucking play, man. It doesn't cost very much. They, like there's no community down here. I, you I, gotta I, build I, it. Like, like there's like it's very compartmentalized, and they all associate by like the store. So like the store owners dictate like what goes on around here. There's like there's fucking there's, drug war, man. It's been pretty easy in South Florida in the past, so just do that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if anybody's listening here, there's like, there's like me and two other dudes that play 30k down here. So if anybody's in the South Florida area and wants to get into 30k or Flames of War or anything like that, just hit up Paradox 30k on Facebook. It's the South Florida 30k group. Try to start you some dust, man. It's cheap. You can get a whole army for like 150 bucks on the dust uh, buy sell trade Facebook shit. True. You can also get Flames of War cheap, too. Like, Scott, yep. it's pretty cheap to get your army, right? Yeah, so how much stuff did I buy? Like, a little over, a little north of 2,000 points worth of of Imperial Japanese forces, right? Yep. Yeah, so I got that, and then, uh, like, a lot of terrain. I would assume the terrain, <laughs> the amount of terrain that I bought is probably more than we need. But it's a it's a lot. I got all of that shit, an entire army, and an entire table's worth of terrain, and all the books and shit for just south of probably four hundred bucks. So, you know, fucking dust. I think comes in a little cheaper than that. You know, when it's yeah, no game. So, yep. I'm down to try Flames of War when you guys get up here and have two armies. I'll try it. If I like it, I'll I'll jump in because Chris. Duncan used to play it, but he doesn't like the new edition. He doesn't like that it used to be, I guess, and this is just me talking on my ass because I don't know. I'm just basically parroting what he told me. He said you used to play with like all these units and he bought like all these Germans and he has all these fucking half tracks and all this shit. And then the way that they currently play it, like when you go to an event, you only use like maybe one quarter of what he used to play with. Seems so like. They did a lot of, they did a lot of like serious game-changing changes like when they went from third to fourth edition the biggest change so like you used to used to like american u.s army and u.s marine corps artillery units could basically decimate anything because artillery was that nasty and as it should be like if you have an, an artillery gun that's shooting a 155 millimeter shell like it's gonna do some nasty fucking damage. Yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> pretty bad. So they like people were upset that like an American rifle company with like division support units, aka like one five five artillery batteries, were destroying these like fucking German tank companies because the way artillery works and the way tanks work is you put the template over the tanks. And it's just like normal 30K, like whatever the template covers, that's what you hit. But because it's artillery, it hits the top armor of a tank and the top armor is the weakest. So it would be like tanks would have top armor value of one or two, which is extremely, extremely low. 
and the AP value of artillery was extremely high, so it would destroy all these tanks. So when they went from third to fourth edition, there's like basically this excerpt in the book, in the rule book now, where it tells you like, hey, so like the tenth, so like the art the the artillery AP value. Uh, so you have the AP value of the artillery gun. This is what it now equals for. They basically give you a conversion chart for the new edition, and now it's like 155 artillery millimeter artillery shell bounces off the top armor of a tank. And so now basically, fourth edition is more towards a tank on tank game. So like you really don't see infantry anymore. You don't see like artillery being used. I think they got caught up along with like the whole War Thunder, World of Tanks video games, how popular they are. And they yeah, but they th didn't they release their own game called Tanks or whatever, like Flames of War people. It's like the same game. It's just but you only play with tanks. Did you ever see that? No, I didn't see that, but like it wouldn't surprise me. Like, so, so they already released. They it's you know how X Wing plays right with the little templates you lay down and dials and shit. I guess they released a tank game that was basically like that. Huh. So well, that, that doesn't make sense. Like you could just like the the game, the fourth edition is tank centered as it is. Well, that's what I'm saying though. It's like, why not if they wanted to make tanks and sell more tank models or whatever, they could have just done the tanks game like they already did, which uses the exact same models as the board game yeah. and then made the board game the same. So like if you were all obsessed with tanks and only wanted to build and paint tanks, just play the tanks game. And yeah. if you wanted to play like the, cause that's my thing. Like if I wanted to play it, I want to play with everything because, like, when you play that scale of a game, like a Flames of War scale or a Battletech scale, the appeal of that to me is that you get to play with like all the large Full models spectrum. and shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and it make and it and it makes sense. Like, that's why it drives me crazy in 30k. Well, when they started doing that in 40k, and then it just kind of continued in 30k, but it's not as bad because at least they have the 25 percent. When they started adding Lords of War into the game, it just gets kind of stupid. It's like Somebody like you're talking, you get one model that's like half the guy's army. And if you can kill that model, then he basically auto loses the game. And if you can't kill that model by like turn four, then you've probably lost the game. And yeah. that's all. And it, it just makes the game no fun. And it's not really the right scale to play with that shit. Like anybody who's ever actually played with or against a Stormbird or something stupid like that, it, it's just, it's ridiculous. It's, it literally takes up like a third of the table. You can't ever place it anywhere. You're always like, especially like a Stormbird, it's like, well, this doesn't fit here, so we'll put this math book or whatever I got to represent this is where it's at. It's not even on the board. It's like, yeah, this is enjoyable. My Marine's going to move around this math book instead of this, like, the only reason for buying this model is because it looks fucking cool or whatever, and we don't even get to put it on the table because it won't fit. And instead we have, the, you know, a, a case of Cokes or some shit sitting here. I don't know what, you know, whatever's at hand. Like, this roll of toilet paper is where the nose is at, and this box of Kleenex is where the back's oh, at. That's awesome, you know? man. That's great. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh, okay, cool. I don't know. It's just, it's just not the right scale. Like, if you want to, like, that's why it's kind of cool that they came out with, like, I'm not going to play it, but the fact that Adeptus Titanicus is now a thing it gives these people that are just totally obsessed with fucking Titans something to do instead you know of trying to make my life miserable. I'm glad you brought that up because obviously other than listening to you guys, I listen to Eye of Horus and I listen to Boys of the Golden Throne and they're like in love with Adeptus Titanicus. 
And what I hear from them is not only is it because they're, they, they like, they love the war and they love that they can, they can mimic the Titan battles on the back, like on the tabletop. I get that. But when they talk about why they enjoy that game, it's the same reason why you got me into Battletech. And I told AJ from Boys of the Golden Throne, I was like, you know, the, the reason why you like Adeptus Titanicus, like that gameplay, you should try Battletech because it's, it's basically the same thing. Like, you have like... Well, hey, I'm not trying to, you know, because people get mad at me when I call them out or like, they, <laughs> oh, you're just Biosis Games Workshop. I've heard it through the grapevine. Just saying, I, I have friends that work there or talk to people that work there, and the guy who wrote the rules for Titanicus is a giant fucking Battletech fan. Just saying. You know what I mean? So when you got giant robot game that came out after the other giant robot game, and now all of a sudden you track heat and stuff when you never did before on Titans, kind of sounds like they just, you know, made a version of Battletech with Titans. But it's... It, I- from I, I haven't played Adeptus Titanicus yet at all. But from what AJ was telling me, I was like, dude, that sounds like like you would enjoy Battletech. Like Yeah. You I, I was like I told I told AJ, I was like, dude, for thirty dollars, hear me out, for thirty dollars, <laughs> you could buy like three or four models, like three or four mechs from like our Russian friend. And yeah. you could then with those three models for like thirty dollars you could play like a two to three hour game against somebody else that has the same amount of models. And he was like, Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was like, dude, you, he, he's like down to, tr- he absolutely wants to try it out at war gamers camp. And I'm excited. Cause like it was you guys at heresy camp that got me into battle tech and I don't regret getting into it. It's a fantastic game. Yeah. I mean, my whole thing, like comparing it, I get like if you just really like the the lore of Warhammer, you're obviously Titanicus is more for you than Battletech, you know, whatever. But my whole thing with Titanicus is there's like six models, like and it's always a mirror. It's like okay, so I have a choice of for Titan actual Titans, I get Warhounds, Reavers, Warlords. That's exactly what my opponent gets. So it's basically like playing the same army mirror match. It's just whatever quantities you take of either one, and then there are. Uh, Serastus Knights and the GW Knights, yeah, the and then Knights. and the uh, is coming, I think. Yeah. So you have like six model choices. That's it. They don't have vehicles, they don't have infantry. They said they're not adding a <sighs> Imperator or whatever. I guess they could add that new Nemesis thing that they came out with and have seven model choices. Yeah, at some at some point, unless they unless they unleash like new models that have never even seen the tabletop realm before that have only been talked about. Like there's been a, a, I I, I hear them talk about like Titans in the books and stuff like that, that don't even have like a 40 K or 30 K model, unless they bring them out. Like I would sit here and think like, is Adeptus Titanus more of like a rock, paper, scissor? Like if I have rock, you have paper, then I'm gonna lose. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I just imagine trying to. So imagine if you played BattleTech and all you had was the new starter that has the eight mechs in it. Yeah. Right. And that's all you had, and that was it. And you could run any combination of those eight mechs, and that was it. Like, to me, that would get old pretty quick. 
And that's what Titanic it seems like to me. And once again, I've not played it outside looking in. I just don't see how I can get super excited about a game with seven model choices in it when my opponent has the exact same seven model choices. I like the I like the idea of what people have been talking about, and it's probably been done, but like you incorporate Titanicus with 30k Battlefleet Gothic and then like regular 30k into like one giant event. So like you have all these spectrums of warfare. Yeah. I think that would be like Well, they're doing that in Australia already. Yeah, see, I would love to be part of an event like that to see how it like all plays down. I think they're doing that at Adepticon this year too. I don't know if uh Battlefleet Gothic's there, but they're definitely doing Titanicus. And then they're obviously doing uh Zone Mortalis, Centurion, and then yeah. normal games. So and then they're kind of combining all that into one big campaign with the campaign map and all that stuff. So that's kind of what they're doing. Yeah, it's cool. I, and like, I nerd out on shit like that. Like, gets my fucking nerd boner hard. What about you, Scotty? I'm with it, man. Um, well, I haven't played it either. I think the models look really nice. Like, kind of whatever, whatever I'm gonna play is strictly driven by whatever I want to put together and paint. That's pretty much it. So, yeah. uh, you know, sooner or later, I'm sure I'll I'll get into it and go from there but uh i mean it looks cool you know i have enough battletech stuff to last me a lifetime like i have a shitload it's very very cheap to get into but um i like the models for it a lot um i like the fact that you know it's it would it's not super hard to you know maybe manufacture your own really too that helps a lot with the price point and kind of I'll be I'll be interested to see where it goes. I mean, as far as being my main like my main squeeze, I don't I don't know. Just because there's only one real aspect to the game, it's just the robot combat that haven't incorporated like tanks or infantry or aircraft or any of that shit. You're talking Titanicus, not Battletech. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, 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 right. I don't know if that's the plan or the route they're planning on going, but uh We'll see. I mean, I never have any shortage of shit to paint, you know. So by by the time I get to actually doing that project and working on it, it could be in a totally different place than it is right now. But um, from what, like I said, I'm the most important part of it to me is the aesthetic and you know the hobby side of it. They seem like really cool little models. I mean, need together and. Everybody seems to enjoy painting them and working on them. I mean, I painted a few big, you know, like 28 millimeter scale Titans and enjoyed that in the past. I've just, uh, I've painted so much 30K shit, like so many fucking armies. Probably, because I did a little commission work, I probably painted around 15 or so full armies. And I'm just kind of, I want to try some different shit and, different realms um now it is appealing to me that for the same amount of work i would put into a 28 millimeter scale army that's like 30 or 40 titans you know so that's pretty cool um if i'm gonna collect something on that scale though i would like there to be some more options you know like like you guys kind of already touched on yeah i mean i don't i mean i don't i've not once again i've not played the game but i can't imagine needing to own more than like two warlords and three or four reavers and like five warhounds and i mean once you have that which 
I think I I, I want to say the what is it the the Reaver and the Warlord I think are individual boxes, right? And then the Warhounds is like a box of two. Does yeah. anyone know? Uh, Does that sound right? Sounds but, right. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, that's ballpark. I mean, that's if you buy them and don't three D print them. I have. I mean, I can get all the all the fucking files are free on the internet. You can just print them. Yeah. And so I could print two of them a day. And what did I just say? Two six. Basically, in a week and a half, I could print all that. Yeah. So it's not super hard to get into, you know, no. price point wise. But uh, I don't know, man. Sooner or later, I'll get there. Um, it's like I touched on in the past. You know, the thing that always detracted me from Titans is how unwieldy it was to play with them. And I like the fact that they gave you a mode to like do this in a way that's actually manageable. Like you could go to your, your game club on like if they have Titanic as night or something, you could show up and you know, transport all that shit and play with it. Yeah. I watched somebody play one game. The only other thing that kind of made me leery of it, which it could have just been, you know, it could always just be the players playing it too. But I walked by and was like, okay, you're playing. I'm like, this looks pretty cool. And they had terrain or whatever. So I basically saw, you know, like deployment essentially. And I came back by, I don't know, like an hour, hour and a half later or something like that. And a lot of it, the, like the warlords hadn't moved. And I'm like, are you guys still setting up? And they're like, no, we're on turn whatever. I'm like, well, these are in like the same spot. So it's like, does this just play like how you play them on a normal board? Or you just stand them in a corner and roll dice? Because that kind of seems like, you know. Yeah, Yeah. maneuver needs to kind of be a a key element. Yeah, the little shit had moved. Like all the knights had moved. And a lot of them were dead. But like the, the bigger stuff, they really didn't move it. And once again, that can be a player thing. Or that could have been a terrain thing. I don't know, because I mean, obviously, you could you can end up like like that in Battletech too. Like if you had a, yeah, you know, yeah. if you didn't have the right terrain, or you know, if somebody just took a bunch of mechs with fucking like clan ER large lasers and they just stand yeah, on a hill, a whole bunch of tomahawk twos and Ooh, boy, chucking fucking ER larges and L- street LRM fifteens and shit like no, that. I'm not gonna lie. Uh... I played I played that intro game against you, Scotty, at, at Heresy Camp, and then like I got into uh, like I'm into it now, and I got a, I got my buddy Matt here in, in Fort Lauderdale that me and him play, um, and like the first game I played when I got back, I was still like dumbfounded because like I would have like this big heavy mech that could like like basically blow its load and do all this damage, and I didn't move him for a turn. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I didn't move him. He's going to be able to shoot. But he had, like, this fucking inner spear, like, medium mech that, like, jumped, like, 20 million tiles. He's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be, like, because of what I moved and, like... Size is not proportionate to outcome in that <laughs> He's like, it's going to be, like, plus 30. not the kind of game where you're... We're like, I want to be good at this, so I'll just buy a bunch of the biggest shit, and that way I'll be good at it. That's not how it works. Nope. Not how it works. Nope. I'll take a couple of ponies or some fucking uh, gun, some some little twenty five ton fucking gunsmiths for my Davion army yeah. over an Atlas any day. Like, and, good luck. I was like sitting there, and he was like, "Yeah, so you're basically gonna have to roll an eleven to hit me." And I was like, "What the." Fuck? Fuck, I didn't even move. <laughs> yeah, and then when he shoots back, he's like, oh, you didn't move? I need, like, fours. Yes. So. <laughs> Whoops. 
Good luck with that. Yeah. I'll take, so gunsmiths weigh 25 tons. I'll take four gunsmiths over an Atlas at 100 tons any day. That's equal tonnage, but I guarantee you them gunsmiths come out on top. Yeah, man, they're savage. And you savages, you guys play hexless. I don't know how y'all do it. Right here, son. That's how we do it. This is savages, Neander. Do you know that one hex is 1.25 inches? So even Yeah, we just rounded to one. We just rounded to one. What's it matter? As long I'm as you're all just violently autistic like you, for Christ's sake. So yeah. We can get our heads around it. Yeah. You just round it to one. Yeah. But if you, if, if so, if your movement's five, you would move five inches. But in, in reality, it's like an extra inch to, it'd be like six point something inches, right? Yeah. So what's that matter? Because everything, everything's moving I, the same. I don't know about you, but I noticed that in Battletech, one inch can, can make the difference between medium or short range or medium or long range. Yeah, but everybody is playing on the same, like my mechs move the same speed, your mechs move the same speed, and all of our guns shoot the same speed, so it doesn't matter as long as everybody's at the same baseline of rounding to an inch. It's the same. We'll agree to disagree. I will not <laughs> my point, good sir. <laughs> I mean, it would be like if we all if we if we all decided to play 30k and we said everything moved two inches less and everything shot two inches shorter and you did that across the board, nothing would change. The game would still play yeah, the same. You're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> Just it's it wouldn't really. But you know it, it is it is it is a real annoying habit. <laughs> <laughs> It is it is pretty cool, like because like my buddy Matt, he has all the original like like my buddy Matt, he is like huge. Hey, to touch on, dude. What's up? No, go ahead. You're good. Yeah. My buddy Matt is like huge into BattleTech. Like that's all he did ever since he was a kid was be into BattleTech. So like every time I play with him, because I. I I started out playing 40K with them here in Fort Lauderdale, and then he was like, hey, have you ever played Battletech? And I was like, dude, I tried Battletech out at this heresy camp I went to, and I fucking love it. Do you play? He's like, fuck yeah, man. What? Let's play that now. So, like, that started playing regularly. And I was like, all right, so we're going to play on a, on, a, on a map or a terrain or something. Do you have, like, terrain? He's like, he looked at me and he was like, dude, Battletech's played on map sheets with like X. I'm like, oh, I didn't I didn't learn this way. And he was like, let me show you, young buck, how to play this way. Yeah. It's all right. I just don't I don't it doesn't look near as cool to play on a fucking Oh yeah. It, like it table like a you know, like a fucking whatever you call it, a tablecloth with some grid shit on it. Like that is yeah. that's not cool. I mean it's all right. Well, see, I'm working on a, I'm working on a basically a 3D hex map. Yeah, I forget like what website I went to, but it's like one of those websites that like will make your custom print like mats, whether it's vinyl or that nice like dice rolling material. Did you get the? So I ordered some from Fat Matt, the guy who makes Fat Matt. Was it Table War? I don't, maybe Frontline Gaming, I think. No, 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 Table War. So yeah. Table War makes this stuff called GeoGrid or something, and it's just clear. It's clear plastic that they'll print grid on, and you can lay it over any existing battle mat, and it makes it a grid. I got it right here. Hang on. I'll show you. 
See? See the grid on it? Yep. I this have, is clear. I so you just roll this out on any type of map, and you got a grid. And uh, you think you have black and white. Yeah, I got it from game gamemats.eu. Okay. Uh, this is this is a U.S. store, so you don't have to pay a bunch of shipping. This is from Table War. It's called their Geo Grid. Vincent ran off. Yeah, I don't yeah, know see, where I went he to is. Grab mine. Oh, okay. It's like a six by four, like. Oh yeah, I got you. Like That's printed stuff. right on. So yeah. this one, like I said, I got this one because it's clear, so I can just put it on any of my existing ones and have different ones. Yeah. I don't know. I like I like the whole hex thing. It's pretty cool. It's all right. Chris Duncan, because he his one game club in Illinois will only play with the grid. And then obviously me and Scott are like, eh, fuck that. Let's just play on terrain. It looks better. <laughs> so I mean, and he plays both and he says it's really no different. The main difference is on a grid map, when you have artillery, it obviously hits hexes. Where, you know, in this, if you have something that does splash damage, you just got to create your own um, templates. Uh, yeah, and the other thing I liked about the, the grids is, like, I'm a big dummy. So when it comes out to, like, like trying to figure out, like, how many moves and shit is, like, you don't have to get out the measuring tape and, like, just do it. You could just be like, okay, one, two, three, four, turn here, one, two, three. Right. No, I get that. I tell you what, the other stuff that works really good, have you ever seen HeroScape terrain, the little tiles that click together? Yeah, I've seen that. It looks pretty good. I got a whole box. I got like a giant tote of nothing but HeroScape terrain. Um, and you can build a pretty big map with that, and it already is set up in hexes, and it comes in different colors, and you can stack it to make it 3D. And you can usually get it pretty cheap on eBay. There's also print files for those tiles, too. Yep. Yep. You can just 3D print them. Yeah. So fucking good. That game's great. I wish I, wish I was really into reading books because there's like a million novels. Yep. I've that. been reading them. I've, I've counted the other day. I think I'm up to the 36th book in... Um, in chronological order. Henry just finished the Warrior Trilogy. They just... Yeah, they just released, like, is a is like an anniversary thing, so you can get brand new reprints of the, uh, of the Warrior Trilogy. Yep. Which is good. I just bought them on a... So I, quote-unquote, illegally downloaded them because they were not available. <laughs> and then, but... After they came out for sale, even though I'd already read them, I went ahead and bought them just to, you know, give them their money. It's not like I can I can afford four dollars a book. It's not, you know, going to break the bank for three ninety nine or whatever they were. I think they were three ninety nine a book. But I tell you what, I'm pretty pumped. Uh, I bought I bought both new box sets when they came out. Yep, the models are decent. I tell you what sucks is cleaning the flash off of them. I don't know what that plastic they use is, but it's awful. Shit. Yeah. The but sculpts are all right. And once they, they take paint fine, it's just cleaning the flash off is awful. Yeah. I went, I went to this, this other hobby shop in town that I'm not banned at. And they, 
But they had because uh, like they came out with the two sets. They have the beginner set, and then they guess they just have I don't the know what it's called. It's just Armored Warfare, right? Or Armored Combat? Yeah, it's just called BattleTech uh, Game of Armored Combat, and that has the eight mechs, and then the starter or the beginner box has two mechs. Yeah, so they had they had the beginner boxes out on the shelf, and then I saw the Armored Combat box behind the cash register, and I was like, "Hey, is that one for sale?" And the guy at the shop was like, "I think it's saved for somebody," and I was like, "Well, do you know who it's saved for?" And he was like. No, I don't. And I was like, so is there anything stopping you from selling me this box? He was like, no, you're right. And he sold me the box. <laughs> Business 101. <laughs> and he was like, he even told me, he was like, you know what? I've sold people stuff that I've put on hold before and I've gotten yelled at. I'll probably get yelled at again, but I won't get fired. So here you go. <laughs> Like, and this is why Vince is banned from all the South Florida <laughs> games. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I come to find out that the shop that I got banned at is like best friends of the store owner of the shop that I went to. It's just that the store owner wasn't there that day. So I guess I won. Well, it's the- not like they have your picture up, is it? You're not, <laughs> when you go into a South Florida game store, is your picture Dude, on the wall? Guy. Like, fuck this yeah. guy. Yeah. Dude, it's bad. Like, it, like everybody, like, Fucking knows me. <laughs> uh, well, you guys need to build like a marine base up here in Indiana, and then you can just hang out here. We don't have to worry about being banned here. That would be pretty dope. I mean, well, we just come back to recruiting and then just get stationed up there somewhere. There you go. Dudes, I gotta go. Y'all have a nice night. All right, we'll wrap it up, Scott. See ya. Later, Scott. I don't know what happened there. Did he have to poop? You think that's what was going on? He got upset at me because I was like, you're probably going to bail on this Skype conversation just like you did Saturday night. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, you're a dickhead. Well, what else we got to talk about? We talked about a little bit about everything. I think everybody kind of got to know you. Like, so what all games do you play right now? Currently? So I play flame. Well, Flames of War, 30K, 40K. Um, that's a, I don't think I play anything else. I'm trying to play, oh, Battletech, obviously. Yeah, Battletech, yeah. yeah. So those are like my big games. Um, you got me into Battletech. I got into 30K in North Carolina when everybody was tired of 7th edition 40K. Basically, yep. everybody in the store that we all played at went to 30K, and we had like a blast. Yeah, and, and ever since then, I just I was like, you know what? I'm not going to go back. But I got into eighth edition, eighth edition 40k a little bit because everybody was playing it, and I just, you know, just what any any time you're with your friends and they're into something and you're not, you're just going to naturally yeah towards ended up playing them, and it it didn't it didn't really change anything up for me because I used my 30k models into in the 40k games. Right. It's sort of a way for me to like advertise 30k a little bit. Like I would go to these 40k tournaments and I'd be like, "Hey, these are 30k models. They're they're painted like 30k. Like I, we play 30k over the weekends at this place. Like you should look into getting into 30k." And, and then I just kept with it. Yeah, that's kind of how I did it here when I first because I was the only one. I bought a bunch of 
what happened was I bought a bunch of shit for Badab because I was we were all going to play Badab Wars, and then Seventh Edition came out because Badab was written for yeah what fifth or sixth or some shit. So I had all these Badab Salamanders, but I bought all the Forge World models, so they were like the Mark Three, Mark Four kits. Yeah. Then when they released Heresy, I already had the models, so I was like, well. Let's play this heresy. This looks like more fun than seventh because you know it actually has like you know where you have to have troops to score and there's no formations and there's a fucking limit on Lords of War and it's not just like this total insanity. And so I finally, you know, I got more and more people on the playing that, and that's just kind of what happened. Now we play like a pretty big mix of games. Like I said, I currently I play Dust. Um, I got, you know, I play 30K. I play Dark Age. Dark Age is kind of dead right now, but we heard a rumor that uh, there's another big game company going to maybe buy the IP, which would be good. Yeah. So hopefully that goes down. And then uh, I'd like to play, because I got, I got three fantasy armies, but I can't play 8th edition. I know Scott is on this 8th edition train. I'm not, and I'm not just saying this because he's got off the show and I'm trying to subvert people, whatever. I mean, whatever, play what you want. Um, but uh, I, because I converted all my shit over to Flames of War or uh, Kings of War, which is, yeah. you know, you it, you basically just use your same models. You just use a different rule set. And I just prefer the rule set uh, to that, to, you know, the fantasy rule set. I like the fantasy. Uh, models and background and universe so every time i play kings of war i'm basically just playing warhammer fantasy like model and fluff wise in my head i'm just using the kings of war rules because i think their rules are better i'm i'm into the whole fantasy theme and i know you're gonna make fun of me but man if there was a group around here i would definitely play that lord of the Rings battle for middle earth i fucking love lord of the Rings. see i just don't Man, I can't get into games that are based on like a TV show or a movie or whatever because there's only so many. Like all everybody always buys all these fucking Star Wars games, and I'm like, man, don't you get tired of like, fuck, like every army's Darth Vader and this fucking thing? And there's like, it's getting back to the Titanicus thing. It's like, what can you like? You're limited by this IP of these are like the five things that exist in the universe, and that's what every fucking Star Wars game has in it is these five yeah. same. It's like, oh, look, it's my stormtroopers. Oh, I'm shocked that you have stormtroopers on the table. Fuck, maybe this next game I play will have stormtroopers in it. And every game is just stormtroopers versus the little fucking rebel guys in the baseball caps. Exactly. But, you know, it's funny is my buddies who got me into Flames of War when I was back in North Carolina. They were like, Vince. I come out, come out to the shop Sunday. Me and uh, me and my buddy, we're going to play. Star Wars Armada, and I want you to see this. And man, was that a fucking shit show of a game. Like, I couldn't even comprehend what was going on. They had, like, little tokens. Yeah, I I played three games of it and fucking hated it, so you're not telling me anything, I don't know. And, like, the base has, like, those little notches in it, so you have to use that ruler, so every time you move, you gotta get the notches to go in. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck is going on around here? Like, yeah. I'm too dumb for this game. It was just, to me, that's just, it's overly fucking complicated. And then I don't, the, there's like a real short term turn limit. Like we played one game or we played, like I said, we played like three games of it. Cause I bought the starter when it came out. Cause I, I was big in X-Wing for a while. So when Armada came out, I was like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, we'll play this. I love X-Wing. So I bought the starter 
I basically bought all of Wave 1. I bought the starter and then all the extra ships that came with it. And I played three games of it and immediately sold all my shit. Like, basically, I, I played three <laughs> games of it and was like, this just isn't for me. <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah, I'd say my, my primary games right now are, uh, you know, Battletech and uh, Dust. Dust has my favorite just gameplay, just as far as just rules. It's my favorite. Um, uh, as far as lore, Battletech's my favorite. And then models, I'm kind of like, I don't know, like there's certain things I like. Because Dust, I like the models, but I'm not, I'm not super into like World War II, you know, stuff. Yeah. Like it's all right, you know what I mean? Uh, I kind of like more future-y sci-fi stuff. The problem, so I guess my favorite models right now are those giant fucking Battletech mechs that I'm printing. Yeah. But I don't really do anything with them right now. Like, we're eventually going to play with them. But I think what I think what I'm going to end up doing with that is literally just writing my own rules to play with the big mechs. Like, I like the, like, normal Battletech is fine, but the rules, they're fine in, in the fact that they're not, there's no, like, gray, like, everything's explained out really well. Like, there's no, like, you don't ever get to a point where you're, like, get frustrated because it you know like in a lot of games workshop games there's just so much ambiguity and everybody plays them different because the rules aren't clear a lot of times like yeah. battletech's not like that but it's almost like i don't know it just it sometimes it just takes too fucking long it's like let's just get to the point of this and watch some <laughs> shit die you know what i mean and i still love the game or whatever um i think this I just I would like to see something modernized, like stay in the same vein of what they did, right? Yeah. But modernize it where it plays a little faster. I think uh, modern war gamers don't have the fucking attention span to play a model with like see, or see, a game with like eight models that takes three hours. See, and that's that's the funny thing is is like you play you play a game of classic BattleTech and you're like, man, this shit takes forever. But when like when that moment happens when all three of your mechs are just shooting all the other three mechs or tanks or whatever, then it starts to get fun because, like, you're taking points of armor off and shit like that. Right. And then you go to a game of Alpha Strike, and you're just like, man, my mechs all just died in, like, one turn. Like this. Yeah, see, Alpha Strike's too extreme. Like, it needs to be an in-between. You know what I'm saying? So imagine... Okay, so imagine Alpha Strike, right? But instead of just having, like, the one life bar, you still had locations, but each location only had, like, six boxes or whatever, like Alpha Strike has. Yeah. Um, and then they need to... The other problem I have with Alpha Strike is that you don't spend any points on turning. You know what I mean? You just move the model and then face it any direction you want at the end of the movie. You know what? I can see them... Um, well, I can't see them doing anything, but, like, I can see a cool hybrid is if you incorporated just, like, an armor safe system because you don't have like there's no armor safe system in, in BattleTech. It's just no. Nah, see, but then you're just adding steps. Now you're doing the eighth edition thing where it's streamlined, but they've added four steps. It's like that isn't that's not streamlining, fellas. You can't add steps and it be simplified. That's not how that works. Because that's the beautiful thing about games like Dust or BattleTech or whatever. It's basically just two rolls. I roll to hit you. Well, in BattleTech, it's not even that. I roll to hit you, and if I hit you, it does X damage, and you just mark off boxes. So theoretically, it should be fast. The problem is adding all those fucking modifiers, which I do like modifiers, but there needs to be a way um, 
I don't know. Like, I, I was even thinking about this the other day. I think you could just inst- uh, write them down different, even playing classic. Like, if you know, like, basically change the way the sheet looks. Because right now the sheet just has, like, the different weapons, right? Yep. So, because your pulse lasers are always plus two, always, you know, no matter what the range is, um, instead of like where it shows like the medium long range or whatever, like the, the distance, like basically make a sheet for each mech that shows like, if I move, I'm going to need this to hit. Um, and then if I run, I'm going to need this to hit. And the only thing that wouldn't be factored in would be your opponent's, uh, modifier. Yep. So if you wrote all that down, then all you would have to do is add in your, your opponent's modifier and you'd be done. You wouldn't have to constantly go, oh, well, my gunnery's four and I've walked and this is a pulse. Like, if you wrote all that shit down for each weapon on your sheet at each range and then all you had to do was know your opponent's modifier, I think you could do that a lot faster. So I think I'm going to do that. Just basically just redesign the fucking sheet for the mech and put like a little area that has all that written in it in the weapons loadout. See, what I what I did was I um for me and my buddy Matt, I basically consolidated that quick reference sheet. You know how yeah. you did the, the first one? Yeah. I, I redesigned that one and I printed it out for both of us and then I have a I have a laminator and I just laminated that bad boy and then I just now that that's like paste up everything because I, I put all the charts on there for like if you move this many, if you move if you Yeah ran or jump this many it tells you the the modifiers and everything like that so this quick reference handy like those things are pretty fucking good right well and the other like because cl- you would think clusters would take a long time but if as long as you have one of those little dice rolling gizmos that chris duncan showed me where you put all the dice in the fucking clear thing i have one of those yeah that scotty, scotty was the one to show me that one and i i, yeah. I took that bad boy yeah that doesn't that speeds things up. It's really just the fact that mechs, like everything in the game just absorbs so much damage. Yeah. I almost feel like if you just like, once again, if you play by the same standards, it shouldn't really change the game. It should just accept, like we were talking about ranges. Like what if you just, maybe we should try a game where like all weapons just deal fucking double damage. You know what I, I think if, some of the to hit modifiers were 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 X'd out. It would it would speed up the game. Because you would hit more often? Yeah, because like you get you get penalized on both ends. So if you move and your target moves, you're taking modifiers on both ends. If there was a way to like make that simpler, like if you were Well to- maybe just do like if you if you stay station so because right now if you stay stationary it's zero. And then if you if you walk, it's plus one. And if you run, it's plus two. What if you shifted everything by one? So if you stayed stationary, it was an, actually a bonus one to hit. If you walked, it was just zero. And then if you ran, it was only one harder. I, in my mind, the way how the way how BattleTech is so like technically trying to be as technically accurate as possible. To me, unless you're behind like level one cover or something like that. There shouldn't be really any modifier to your hit roll on the enemy side, like on the opponent side. Because, like, you're in this giant mech that has these awesome homing systems for all its weapon systems. 
So even if it does jump or move a certain amount of distance, unless it gets behind a building that blocks those targeting systems, uh, in my eyes, it shouldn't affect your. Hit. I don't know, man, because there are mechs that depend on speed. Though you would be just, you would go the opposite direction, where then it would just be every mech would be a fucking atlas, just slow moving, whatever. Because why uh, would you, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like yeah. a, you would just, oh look, you, you just look at a locust that it would die, because like that's the only protection it has is that it moves fast. Maybe, maybe another good way to look at it is then like keep the same modifiers on both ends, but just get rid of the 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 range modifiers so instead of like like short being your best way to like shoot and then medium being a little bit more decent and then like long range affecting your modifiers maybe get a get rid of those modifiers just have your movement modifiers on both ends yeah maybe i don't know like i said i just i wish that it got a little love and there was like a tweener version of the game that wasn't as crazy as classic like i don't have a problem like it's not hard to remember it's basically just repeating the same steps it's just it takes so long for things to die um i feel like it's just a big deterrent for a lot of people they don't want to play like a three hour long game you know what i mean oh yeah so and see that but see and that's where i think like i'm a weirdo because like that's the reason why i like that game is because of yeah and well i mean i obviously play it too you know what I mean? I have all these armies, so it's like it's not really that I necessarily dislike it. It's just like I wish if like if I wanted to play a three hour game, I would just add more models. Like I don't like that if you play with like eight mechs and a few tanks, it can last three hours. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm fine playing three hours, but I want like if we're gonna make it play three hours, let's play like a company. Like here's my thirty six mechs. Or sorry, a, a battalion. Like, let's play battalion on battalion. Yeah, and... well, uh, I played a uh, I, pl I played a ten thousand BB game against my buddy Matt. He had yeah. Spear Tech. I had my Hell's Horses Clan Tech. I had a binary, and he had like two companies. But what was cool about it was it was, was that Alpha Strike. No, it was classic BattleTech. Well, ten thousand BV. There's no way you got ten. That's no way you got ten Clan Max. No, I didn't have I didn't have ten clan mechs. It was a combined arms sort of deal. So I had a bind. I forget what I had. I had um, I had five mechs. Because ten thousand BV is not a lot. Me and Scott play like fifteen to twenty, and we end up with like ten models. Yeah, we played. Uh, we we made uh, the way it was was I had five mechs, and then I had <laughs> five. <laughs> I had I had a star of elementals and then I had like two tanks. I had my Mars and I had my Morgu. And then he obviously outnumbered me with the inner sphere tech and way better piloting and gunnery skill than me. Yeah. And it was pretty odd. Like that game was fun. It was like four hours of like marking off like points of armor, but it was fun. The other slight flaw in BattleTech is I like I like the two D six system in that it gives you a light a wider scale. Yeah. You know what I mean? So but when you do two D six because it's two duplicate dice, you can't roll more than one thing at once. I can't roll like three shooting attacks at one time because you don't know which dice go together. So like if you just switch to D twelves, you know, you could yeah. then say 
this red one is my large laser, this green one is my Gauss rifle, and this is my LRM, and roll three dice at once instead of three individual rolls. Um, because you don't have that many models, I guess it doesn't matter. I was just talking if you did want to make some type of your own hybrid game that took place in that universe. I've gave it a lot of thought, because I'd like to see... I don't know. Like, I, I wish... Because Battletech, the lore is so good. I, I truly believe that it has the best lore and the the largest amount. Yeah. Um, it would be so cool if they made a Battletech game that was... I don't want to see it 28 millimeter. That's too big. Like, somewhere in between where it is now. Like, maybe 10 mil or 15 mil. 15 mil would be good. That's like, that's uh, Flames of War size. That yep. would be damn good. So you could make the models, more, update the models, make them cool, and like really put more detail in them, make them look nice, you know, where you could tell like the different... Because the little infantry guys right now, they literally just look like somebody made like a the, the typical like human shape, you know, yeah. like two legs and arms out of like a piece of wire, and then just put like some dabs of glue and sprayed it with zip kick or something. Like they just... Like you can't tell what the fuck they are. They're just like these little itty bitty. There, there are some like the infantry models are are some pretty awful sculpts. Like, what are you? They're so small. What are you supposed to do with them? Like, <laughs> what do you mean they're awful? Like, even with t today's modern technology, they wouldn't look any different. Yeah, like they're, not they're too tight. It's so funny that like the way elementals look, they have like this Y rack of missiles on the back yeah. of them. It's, it's so stupid. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's art that of like people have drawn of modern shit. It's just that they've never updated anything. And it's more because the company who owns the light the so tops tops trading cards that makes fucking baseball cards owns Battletech. Yep. But they license it out to Catalyst Game Labs, who's an RPG company. So they're like a pen and paper RPG company. Yeah. So they don't know what the fuck to do with the miniatures <laughs> game. You know what I mean? All they do is reprint the books, and they've just licensed out the model rights to this mom and pop place in fucking Cincinnati that still makes models out of white metal only. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's just everything is just so old school. It's like, it would be nice to have a little bit of modern twist on it. Unless you got friends in Soviet Russia. Ooh. Yeah, well, I mean, that's just taking the new MechWarrior Online models and uh, taking them out of the video game and 3D printing them, which that's not a mystery to how to do that for us anymore, is it? No, it's not. Not at all. Yeah, so we can do that ourselves if we wanted to. You could do it with your photon. Well, like yep. like when you talked about, it's just like you just buy it from our friend and then get it over and done with instead of wait seven hours for the one mech you want. So check this out. I'm sending this to you. This is updated artwork that somebody did. They just redrew the elemental. Um, imagine this in miniature form where it was, you know, hang on, take it a second for it. There you go. Check that out. How much better is that? Look? That's cool. That's fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, if you just made that into a miniature, that'd be way better. Yeah. The thing above that is the fluff for my Black Shields, by the way, that I wrote out. Um, all right. Let's wrap this bitch up. We've been on here for about two hours. That's enough, right? Yeah. Um, let me wow. do some advertising real quick. So we got War Games Camp. Before what? you get to advertising, um, 
I know you're big into Gen Con. You also need yep. to check out the like go on Facebook, go on the it's called Wolfnet Radio Podcast. They are literally the only podcast that does classic battle tech, Alpha Strike Battle Tech. They talk about the lore, they talk about the tabletop. They only have about eight episodes out, but they're they're good length episodes. They're like they're like two to two and a half hours each. Um and those guys go to Gen Con. I know you go to Gen Con to play Battletech. You should link up with those dudes because I know they're making moves happen at Gen Con this year because I listened to that podcast. Well, why don't you come to Gen Con? And I would love to. Why can't you? Yeah, just, you know. When is Gen Con, by the way? August 1st through 4th, I believe. Oh, shit, it's in August? Yeah. Dude, maybe I can come to Gen Con. You can stay here for free. I drive you up there for free. All you gotta do is buy your badge. It's like 75 bucks. Surely you got 75 bucks laying around. Probably. But here, I'll send you... If you didn't find them on Facebook, I will send you the link to their Facebook page. There you go, I sent I you. I got it. So, anyway, we got War Games Camp coming up. We are, I think, six tickets away from meeting our minimum requirement. God. We have to sell those six tickets by May 12th. So, if we don't sell them by May 12th, no War Games Camp. Instead, we'll have something else that's free at my barn that's smaller. It won't be as good, but it'll still be something. Let's just do like one of those Nigerian print scams, except on like those Nigerian prince people that try to scam us. And like, get them buy War Games to, camp tickets? I'm going to send you money. I need you to buy a ticket for this. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, War Games Camp. It's going to be in September. If you... Oh, you froze up, Vince. Hello. Maybe I froze up. I don't know what happened. Oh, did it stop recording? Nope, it's still recording. Okay. Well, I was talking. I don't know if that ended up on there or not. But anyway, so if you go to Facebook and you just type in Wargamer Camp, there's the Wargamer Camp page, and it it has all the information you need to know about it. There's all the events that are going on there and all the relevant information. So we need to sell six more tickets, folks. So get on board. It's going to be fun. It was a blast last year. I didn't hear anything. Everybody that went had fun. Um, so outside of that here at the battle barn, every other Saturday we have our typical gaming stuff. So if you're ever just passing through Indiana, like I got hit up by some dude from Sweden that's coming over for Gen Con and he was like, hey, I'm going to go to Gen Con. What is, are there good places to eat? This and that. And I'm like, yeah, not only are there good places to eat, but you can just come down here and game too for a day if you want. He's like, really? I'm like, yeah, I don't care. So if you're ever just passing through the area, hit me up and you can, we'll set something up where you can play games or whatever. But as far as events, we have the Cult of Paint class and is going to be April 19th through 21st here in Indiana. Uh, and then it's also going to be April 22nd through 28th at Atomic Hobby Shop in Cypress, Texas. So 
Um, you can message me if you want more info for this, or you can go to the Battle Barn Facebook. But you can also... Um, where's the website here? Just go to cultofpaint.com to buy tickets. It's on Henry's website there, and it has all the relevant relevant info there. The next event that will be here is the Matt Cain class. Let me find it. Do, do, do. Oh, right, right here. So the Matt Cain class will be May 22nd through May 26th, and it's a like super advanced brush skills and character painting course. Um, once again, for details, just go to the Battle Barn Facebook and just scroll down. You'll find it on there. Uh, we still have tickets available for this. The Henry course is technically sold out in Indiana. You might be able to hit up and beg Henry if you want to come to the Indiana one. There's also tickets available for the Texas one you can just buy. The Matt class is a little over half sold out, but we still have tickets for that if people want to come to that. And then the last event that's on here is the 40K event, which is uh, May 4th and 5th. It's just a Saturday and Sunday. And once again, uh, info for that's on that Battle Barn Facebook page. And my buddy Chris Duncan is running that. So it should be a cool event. You guys get to play on some nice tables. I think uh, my wife and I are going to make lunch both days. And sell beers, and sell dessert, and sell movement trays. I know, I know, you can make pork roll, egg and cheese sandwiches because there's a whole three pound pork roll in your refrigerator. You know, we could have ate so much food, but you pushed out. I'm not gonna lie. Man, I went to that one lunch, and it filled me and Scott up, and I was just like, "Holy fuck." Yeah, I, I try. I'm like, let's go get tenderloins for dinner, and you guys are like, nope, can't eat anymore. I ate lunch like nine hours ago. I still can't eat. Jesus Christ, you guys eat big. God damn. Yeah. So we got we got no tenderloins because you were full, and then what? We ate something the next day, and or no, the next day it was just because you had to leave earlier. I guess whatever. We didn't get to go anywhere. No, the the candy shop that you normally go to is closed. Yeah. We went to the chicken Chicken shop. place, yeah. That was pretty damn They made some bomb-ass chicken tenders. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, but I still wanted to get you tenderloins. You didn't get to get a tenderloin, so next time oh. you're up, we'll take care of you. We'll definitely be in next time because I got nothing better to do except get some time off, come up and see you guys, or go up to fucking Canada to see Adrian. So. There you go. Well, come up. Dude, Gen Con's a fucking blast, man. You would love it. Uh and like I said, you're always more welcome to stay here for free. And that saves a lot. I mean, all you basically have to do is get your travel here and your con badge and you're good to go. I know, right? <laughs> so, all right. Well, that's it. I, that's all the advertising. Can you shout it out the WolfNet podcast? You got anything else? Just if anybody's interested, there's about me and two other players that play 30K in the Fort Lauderdale, Broward County area. We usually yep. play at Tate's Gaming Satellite on Saturdays or Sundays. So if anybody's listening that wants to get involved, hit up Paradox30K on Facebook. That's where we usually congregate. Um, and that's about it. I'm also Keep the dust down there. Hit Vincent up, make him buy a dust army and just play dust with him. Yeah, I know. Like, I'm down to, if anybody's interested in playing dust down here and I just don't know and there's like a secret underground, like, dust gaming community. Yeah. Um, 
Let me know. Flames of War, too. I got a Flames of War army. I'm down to play Flames of War. So. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's it. Well, thanks for having me on. It was a good time. No problem. We might get you on. So the plan is, because we, we've tried to get back to recording more consistently. And the problem is everybody still wants to do it, but everybody's got so many other side projects or bullshit going on that a lot of times it's just like, oh, we can't record. The problem is Michael is too essential because me and Scott are too dumb to record anything. So when Michael can't do it, it just shuts the whole fucking show down. So we had to find another semi-smart person. So we found Vince, as scary as that sounds, oh, yeah. to help us record. <laughs> so we'll we'll have you back on again, Vince. Your go-to uh, replacement, Michael, I guess. I'm down. So, all right. We'll take it easy, everybody.